You are now free to fly for free. Hello and welcome back to Miles Flying with Yehuda. Boy, has it been a while. Uh, three and a half years to be exact, and I know that because the last episode came out shortly before my daughter was born. Uh, and at the time, I took a break to get used to the new larger family, spend time with her. And one excuse leads to the next, and it's three and a half years. But we're back, and we're ready to move forward. Thinking about three and a half years, gosh, a lot can change with the credit card, travel world. Um, you know, hit on some of the highlights, maybe. Things have continued to get more difficult from all the banks. Chase, American Express, Citibank, to get approved for cards, to get sign-up bonuses for cards. And so we've come to learn how to work with what we're given. And so when you are eligible to apply for a card and get the bonus, we go for it. And otherwise, we try to come up with different creative ways to manufacture spend, to keep our point balances as healthy as they can be. It may not be as simple as it was before, as easy as it was before. For many people, they're not earning nearly as many miles as they were before. But as long as we can keep it going to a healthy level, we are able to continue traveling, and gaining those life experiences that we will take with us forever. Fortunately, I was able to travel quite a lot during the last couple of years, and uh, that's been exciting, uh, thinking about perhaps the most special place I was able to get to uh, was Bora Bora, and that would be last winter, uh, certainly one of the aspirational destinations on many travelers' uh, wish lists, and just things worked out. Someone was able to babysit my daughter. My wife and I were able to get off from work. And, I mean, so much effort into finding the availability to fly and use miles and points. But we were able to fly business class through California, down to Tahiti, popping over on the little flight to Bora Bora, staying for a couple of nights at the St. Regis there. I mean... Certainly the most beautiful place I have been to. And it really makes me remember how special this whole thing is. The ability to travel and visit these exotic destinations for a fraction of the cost. You know, something that I would never have even dreamed of doing. Um, my wife definitely would agree that it was incredible. And uh, I'm thankful for that opportunity. In some credit card news, uh, the JetBlue credit card uh, today came out with an offer for a 100,000 points sign-up offer. Uh, that is the highest it's ever been, previously with 60,000 points. Yes, there's an annual fee of $100 with this card. Lots of benefits, um, particularly the fact that you can spend $50,000 in a calendar year on the card and earn yourself mosaic status, which is JetBlue's top status. Um, which has a lot of perks, although they have been cut back in the last few weeks recently. Um, still a nice status and uh, always great. The status is that you can get without flying, right? To just spend money. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to spend money on a credit card, um, but once you have a few methods that are working for you or you have some large expenses, um, it's doable. It's certainly doable, and that's nice. Um, I personally... Uh, with Chase's 524 rule, I'm actually at three cards in the last 24 years. And it's been like that for a little while. And I've been considering, you know, is it the right time to apply for some more cards and try to rebuild up some balances? I personally 
believe that whenever you're below 524, your next credit card should either be a business card so that it doesn't show up on your credit report, or otherwise it should definitely be a Chase card to get yourself back up to 524. Um, and so I'm considering a couple of cards. Perhaps I was waiting for the right bonus to come out for them. Thinking about the Hyatt card, I've always enjoyed our stays at Hyatt, and it would be nice to rebuild up that balance, considering the United card. Um, always nice to continue getting United points, especially when Chase can transfer their own points into United or Hyatt, so you can always top off those balances when needed. Um, and then I saw this JetBlue card today, and I'm like, I've always wanted to get a, a larger JetBlue account. Um, they just always seems to have a flight that would be nice timing to work out with JetBlue, and um, I do enjoy when I fly them. So that's not a Chase card, that's a Barclays card, but it's making me think it's time to get some Chase cards so that I could then get a JetBlue card, which always, it's funny how that happens, but it puts you in a pickle, and next thing you know, you've got approved for three cards, a good problem to have, and then you've got to spend a nice chunk of change in the next three months. Um, so if you can do it, it's always great, and I'm hoping for the right time to make sure it's something I can handle myself. Um, and that makes me think about our current situation. I haven't mentioned it. What are we? Five minutes into the podcast? COVID. COVID-19 is obviously something that has impacted every single person in their own way and is impacting the entire world. And But we're not here to talk about you know health and, and safety of, of this virus. We're here to talk about travel and credit cards. Uh, can, you know, of course, travel is one of the most impacted things by COVID. Domestic travel, international travel, staying at hotels, getting on a plane. These are huge questions um, and, and challenges that the industry has faced, the hotel chains are facing, the airlines are facing. Um, I mean, you don't have to look at the stocks. Uh, you don't have to look at their reports. Uh, you can just imagine People are just not traveling right now the way they have in the past. Business travel, they say, may never go back to the way it was before as more and more businesses are getting comfortable with using virtual work, remote work uh, environments and seeing the benefit that they do work, that they save money. You don't have to get on a plane to travel across the country for a meeting. You could just do it with Zoom, with Skype, with Microsoft Teams. Uh, and... Um, it's certainly, it's certainly a change, and it's not over yet, right? People are not comfortable with, are not comfortable to the level they used to be at with traveling, um, and a lot of places haven't allowed travel, right? You know, whether you have to quarantine when you get somewhere, when you return home, whether some countries are not allowing people from other countries in, uh, it's certainly not the same. And I know among my friends, I mean, the amount of travel has cut back incredible, incredibly, and. Uh, it's sad when you think about how dear travel is. To, if you're listening to this, travel is dear to you. And it is, it is an unfortunate, another unfortunate aspect of the COVID uh, situation we're currently in. I like to think back to right before all this. Gosh, who could have known? But in February of 2020, my wife and I took a trip to Miami. Miami, And it was, uh, it was, it was our last trip before COVID. And we wasn't even thinking about this. What was on our mind at the time? Will you even remember this virus? Zika? That was on our mind when we were choosing where to go, considering different places in the, in the, in the Caribbean, and uh, thinking about, oh, we don't want to go there, have they had cases, it's getting better, is it not getting better? I mean, who even talks about Zika anymore, right? And so we ended up deciding to go to Miami, and especially as observant Jews, the 
kosher food situation in Miami is fantastic. I mean, getting to go to a place that has warm weather, beaches, beautiful hotels, and walking distance to, I can't even count how many kosher restaurants that are top quality. I mean, it certainly is a strong pull, and I understand why uh, the observant Jews like to go down to get their food there and, and their vacation there. Um, so we actually had a week down there, and we were blessed to stay at the St. Regis Bell Harbor, which is a beautiful, beautiful, modern, elegant, luxurious resort uh, with some nice pools and on the beach and beautiful rooms. Oh, it's really, it's it's a pleasure to be there. It was not our first time, thankfully. We've been able to go before, and it's just, it's down the block from some great restaurants. It's across from some beautiful shops that... I can stay at the St. Regis, and I cannot afford to shop in the Bell Harbor shops. <laughs> um, but we had some great food at the restaurants. We also, it's its very close to a synagogue, which I believe, and I, I've been to, I always like seeing synagogues on our trips. And we've been through Europe and got to see a lot of the great synagogues that are, you know, decades and decades old, you know, hundreds of years old. And getting to see the, the young Israel of Bell Harbor, that synagogue, it blows me away. It doesn't have that old feeling to it, you know, that you might see in Europe. But you, they, they've just built this beautiful sanctuary incorporating the feel of Florida with tons of blue stained glass windows and white uh, uh, stones everywhere. That Just the combination is beautiful. And it really, it, I, I truly enjoy praying in, in, in that synagogue. And, uh, um, Thinking about the overall experience, Miami is it really it has won me over as a great a great you know destination. And so now I would like to introduce uh, a guest on today's show, Moshe D. Moshe D is a friend of mine who I have met through my credit card online world, um, who is an avid traveler, credit card collector, points collector, you know, part of the same group of. Of friends that I have developed over the last seven years. And uh, something else that Moshe D shares in common with me is that we both have taken our first flight since COVID hit the world um, back in February, March time. Well, at least hit America back then. Um, and uh, I thought it would be interesting to hear some of his experiences with uh, booking tickets during this time dealing with airports, flying on a plane, you know, all the safety concerns people have on their mind and all the changes to airline policies that we've seen. Um, and so welcome, Moshe. I'm excited to talk to you. Okay. Thank you, Yehuda, for having me. Yeah, it's absolutely my, pre my pleasure. And so, you know, first of all, where, where'd you go? Where'd you get on a plane to go to? So I've actually been on a, on a couple of flights. I uh, went down to Miami, I think, twice. Uh, this was, uh, I went for Shavuos and then I went like a couple weeks after. Um, and then I, um, I also, during the summer, I took a trip out to, uh, to one of your, your places, uh, Colorado. Okay. That's great. I mean, that is the one trip I have taken also went out to Denver, um, and a couple weeks ago, uh, for the holiday of Sukkot. And so I'm glad to hear that that you've gone there. In fact, I've heard that's actually been a pretty popular destination during COVID with a lot of outdoor natural uh, activities. People find that more interesting and, and accessible these days. Um, yep. So thinking about about when you when you booked your trips, um, what 
you know, what did you think about in terms of COVID? What, what did you experience during the actual booking process different than you might have normally had? So this is actually, I think, one of the uh, one of the more positive changes, if you if you will, um, that first of all, fares were definitely a lot cheaper than they'd normally been, trying to encourage, I think, people to get onto the plane. Um, as well as the flexibility. I think for me, the flexibility was huge. The fact that I'm, I'm usually a very impulsive, I don't have my dates set very far in advance. And if I could know that I have free changes or free cancellations, even sometimes, even if it's just for an airline credit, um, for me, it was it was it, made, it encouraged me to to book those tickets, and it made the process a lot more uh, um, a lot less stressful. That is a really good point. You know, uh, my trip to Denver was two hundred dollars round trip per person, and normally, you know, we go to Denver all the time. Anybody who listens to the podcast know that, and uh, we normally four hundred dollars round trip. Yeah, so it was half off to go. You know, obviously, people are not flying as much, and they're trying to encourage that. And certainly the flexibility helps. Um, we kind of knew what days we needed, so we didn't really book extra flights just in case. But that that flexibility is helping a lot of people. You're right. It's nice, a nice, nice spin to think about the positive that's happening in the current situation. I know another big topic people talk about is, you know, which airlines are blocking the middle seats um, uh, on a flight. And, and the question of uh, does that impact uh you know, choosing uh, what airline to fly. For me personally, it didn't. Um, it was my first reaction was, sure, I would like to fly on a plane with less people. But in the end of the day, I needed to fly the times that I needed to fly at the price I needed to fly. That was my experience. What did you think? So, yeah, very similar. First of all, uh, I do live in uh, North Jersey, making Newark extremely convenient. So United is always is always usually one of the more convenient options, and I'll definitely choose that over one of the neighboring airports. Um, JetBlue flies out of uh, JFK, and they're blocking middle seats. Um, but even so, I think it I think it depends on each person's own comfortability level. But I, I it did not really factor that much into my decision, especially knowing the plane would be empty or at least emptier. And honestly, on the two or three trips I took. The chance of having the middle, the chance of having the seat next to you empty anyway, was actually relatively high. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense, and uh, I think it's similar to other benefits that you know you see an airline offering. You know, every airline, whether it's you know the entertainment systems that they offer or better better food and beverage on the on board, these are different benefits. In some ways, this is also a benefit. It's a safety benefit, you know, to have less people on the plane to know you're going to have a middle empty seat, but. In the end of the day, how much do those win people over to choose an airline? Yes, if there were two at the exact same time at the same airport, and you know, I would choose the one without the middle seats. But for me, that wasn't the opportunity I had, and I also flew United, and middle seat was was full. But what can you do? Uh, I didn't really think, right? If, however many people are on a normally on a plane, so you take out the middle seat in every row. There's still a hundred some odd people on the plane. I'm not sure how much more safe that makes it. I feel like it might be more of a mental thing that it's making people feel safer. But let's not get too political over here. <laughs> okay. Um, thinking about, let's see. So you booked the flight. And now you're getting to the airport. For me personally, I was nervous getting in an Uber, but it turned out that was the only way I can get to the airport. That was my first time in an Uber. Um, we got to the airport and... And and we found it to be, you know, fairly comparable to a quieter day at the airport. I didn't think 
it was deserted, but it certainly wasn't wasn't full. What did you see when you went? So um, I had I did take two or three trips, and it was I had different experiences. Therefore, we're certainly on the whole. Once you got past security, it was emptier. Um, I did have one experience, which I think it relates back to the booking thing a tiny bit, um, which is important. United actually instituted a new policy for anyone booking on the basic fare. Um, I know this because one time I didn't have it, and then the next time I did. So it's really new. If you book on basic economy, you cannot print your boarding pass at home. So that was actually the busiest part of the airport that I was not expecting. You have to wait in, um, I guess, wait in line for, for uh, to use the self-check-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you got to print your own boarding pass. So that was that was an extra. And, th- and that part was busy and like waiting in line and that, that I wasn't expecting. But after that, it was smooth sailing. Uh, security lines either moved quick or were very empty. And once you got to like the terminals, it definitely felt emptier. Yeah. I uh, I thought the the strangest thing was seeing all the stores closed, other than you know maybe the Hudson News, you know, and those little those those markets, all the act restaurants right. were all closed. And at least where I flew out of LaGuardia, um, I thought that was a little creepy feeling. Um, and then I got yeah, to all my those gate. luggage stores that you wonder you wonder who's buying luggage in the airport. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> classic uh, Jerry Seinfeld line, I believe. Um, yeah, and 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 I got to the gate though. And I thought that wasn't really planned out well because people are not so comfortable sitting next to other people right now. And, and uh, there was no like, you know, plan for getting extra chairs in, laying out the seating differently. And I thought there was a lot of people standing up awkwardly trying to like be distant from others. Um, and that, that wasn't really figured out so well. We ended up finding like some piece of place on the floor for us to sit. And um, I thought that was uh, not done so well. Um, when we got, when we was ready to board though, I really liked what United did. And honestly, this might make sense for the future too. They boarded back of the plane to the front of the plane. First they, sorry, first they let business class get on the plane, right? So your first five rows are done. And then they went okay. back to front, which I think, you know, logically makes sense. Get, get the back of the people on. So you don't have people standing in the middle of the aisle, putting their suitcases up, trying to get their seats in. I think it was a faster experience. What, what did you see? Oh, I think it was faster. Um, that part makes sense. Um, I would say on the whole, though, it seems like uh, um, some of the rules, they kind of, at a certain point, everyone's getting onto this plane, which is a small metal tube. Uh, and they are, like you said, they're packing at least 100 people onto there, no matter what. So, like, it kind of, like, the rules kind of stop applying at a certain point, and no one really knows when. <laughs> Um, so that that part, I did I did think so. It was a quicker process. I agree with you there. I just don't think if you were if you're wondering if it accomplished social distancing or anything like that, I don't think it did that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And again, we'll leave politics out of it. But I mean, when you're sitting on a plane, whether there's someone if there's if there's no one in the middle seat, then you are one foot away from the guy next to you. And even and if there is someone in the middle seat, of course you're right next to somebody. And even if there's no one else in your row, there's a person right in front of you and a person right behind you. So. I'm not exactly sure why the airlines are allowed to get away without social distancing on the actual airplane, but I agree with you. It was a faster process, but it didn't necessarily feel like a safer process um, for those who are concerned. Um, And, uh, you know, once you're on the plane, you know, you're sitting there with your mask on. I, you know, I think all the airlines are making everybody wear masks. And I thought people were actually keeping it you know, doing pretty well with that, 
you know, obviously you take it off if you're taking a drink or eating something. But otherwise, I saw everyone wearing masks. What do you think? Yeah, I think people are pretty good about it. People are, um, overall, I think people are good people and they're sensitive, even if it's not to themselves, to other people on the plane and to making other passengers comfortable. Um, so I think overall, people are pretty good with keeping keeping the masks on. I agree with that 100%. You know, whatever people personally think about masks or not, I think they can understand that's the rule of being on the plane and as common courtesy to those near you who are concerned about masks. Um, so I did think that was that was nice. And, you know, it made me think about the news for a moment because the only airplane stories you see in the news now are the cases where someone didn't wear a mask, someone put up a fight, someone got kicked off the plane. And I was thinking after my flight, I was like, well, there was no issue on my flight. My flight. I almost felt like getting on a plane, you're definitely going to experience this. And it made me realize there's one story in the news this week about not wearing a mask on a plane. And there were a thousand flights this week, you know, and so it just right. reminds you of the safety, you know, just because what you see on TV for a second there, most flights are not showing up on the news because everyone is, you know, properly wearing their masks and not raising any concerns. Um, I also liked that you got handed a, a little moist towelette, but, you know, with alcohol in it. And so you were able to clean felt, your... Felt like business class, huh? Yeah, right. It felt like I was getting in business class. They actually talked to me when I got on the plane. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I was able to clean the whole, you know, the screen in front of me, the the handles, the my chair, my seatbelt. I, I mean, I also personally brought my own stuff to do that with, but I did like that. And then they handed out a little goodie bag with a water bottle and uh, a snack in there. And honestly, I thought that's yet another thing. If we're going to repeat this boarding process, we should repeat this idea. Just put one of these bags by everybody's seat instead of having to, you know, wait 30 minutes into the flight to get a bottle of water. Um, yeah, I definitely hear I think some people like the the choices and they feel like the service might be a little bit better. Like, yeah, I don't know, you have to choose your drink, which some of my flights had anyway, even with yeah. that. I was going to say, but, uh, yeah, the goodie bags are nice. Yeah, they started us off with that bag, and then later on, they did come down with the cart offering drinks. So right. I kind of like if you if you can afford to do both. Airlines listening to this, do both. I think give everybody a little something so that they don't have to wait. It's all sitting by their seat, and then still come down with the options. You know, when you're when you're able to once you're up in the air. Um, but overall, overall, I I thought it was better than I expected. And the whole, the whole travel experience, um, I felt safe, you know, from, you know, as safe as can be with getting on, on a plane with a lot of other people during this time. Um, and I, I think I would be open to traveling again and, and trying it again. What do you think overall? Yeah, definitely. I think it was a positive experience overall. I think the silver lining is that we hopefully will see some lasting changes. I don't expect all of them to last as at the end of the day, the airlines uh, do like making money as, and as soon as they're able to. They might get a little bit more aggressive with that, but um, hmm. but I did think that overall is definitely a much less stress. Once you're comfortable flying, it's a much less stressful uh, experience, and I, I would definitely be open to uh, to continuing to fly. Yeah, totally agree with you. Um, and uh, I want to thank you. Thank you for coming on today and uh, sharing about your experience. You know, flying during COVID. Um, it was a great conversation. I enjoyed it, and I hope you'll come back another time. All right. Thank you for having me. That was a really great conversation with Moshe. Um, really 
was nice to hear from someone else's experience. I know many people might not know a lot of people who have flown during this time. Um, and I so hope you take something away from our two experiences. And uh, otherwise, that does it for us here today on Miles Flying. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next time.